In this episode of Savannah, Georgia, Anything But Ordinary. La luce che tu dai. I pray we'll find your light. Nel cuore resterà. And hold it in our hearts. A ricordarci che. When stars go out each night. L'eterna stella se. Oh. So I call, this lady answers, you know, hello, Savannah Chamber of Commerce, may I help you? I'm like, yeah, we're wanting to come to Savannah. We want to open a show. We're show people. <laughs> so like, like, we want to open a theater. She's like, that's so funny that you're calling today. And I was like, why? She's like, the front page of the Savannah Morning News this morning is that the old historic Savannah theater is for sale. The historic Savannah theater has been overlooking iconic Chippewa Square since 1818 making it the oldest continually operating theater on the same site in the country. Today, the vibrant marquee is a colorful fixture of Savannah's skyline. In this episode, we hear from Matt and Michelle Meese, a husband and wife duo who purchased the theater along with their company partners two decades ago. Not only did they renovate the theater with their own hands, they've performed more than 4,000 shows to date on the very stage they revived. Matt and Michelle dish on the highs and lows of theater life and what makes gracing the Savannah Theater stage so special. Take a listen. I want to hear from you guys how you met and how you ended up in Savannah and what brought you here. Uh, we both were cast in a 50 show. We were both cast to go up to that, that Michigan show. And so we met there. I guess we met in Branson trying on costumes right before just briefly kind of said hi and then we were in a show together along with Mike Zoller and Gretchen a lot of these people who ended up coming to Savannah with us but um, so we did that 50 show up there and me and another guy that was also in that show had already kind of had this idea that we wanted to open up our own theater company somewhere mm -hmm. and we were just we convinced Michelle and Mike to be dumb enough to invest money in because <laughs> uh, Michelle and I started dating up there. And so we actually became business partners as like dating. So thankfully it all worked out. It would have been really awkward. Like yeah. if we broke up and like, we're like, oh, but we're Murky still waters. business partners. <laughs> so. Yeah, we signed, I signed an LLC yeah. with someone that I was dating for six months. Yeah. And borrowed money from my mom. And recently, I feel like it was within the last five years, I said to you, I was like, what were you thinking? Si like letting me sign on to this LLC. And you said, do you remember what you said? Which made me laugh. I said we needed the money. You said, babe, we just needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, that was a joke. What did your I mom say? It. She wasn't like, it. you're not this, yeah. this boy. Right? My yeah. mom was, was very sweet and supportive. And my older sister, who's an attorney, was aghast. Like she was appalled. And she was certain, you know, we had just made a, my mom a, a horrible yeah. decision and and we felt the same way actually it was the august you know it was probably a couple weeks before we opened in august of 2002 and we were sitting in chippewa square which at that point there wasn't a lot there a gallery espresso was boarded Nothing. no gallery wasn't there fire yeah, didn't exist the it yeah. was just mm -hmm. kind of like this theater and sixpence maybe Sixpence is like the only business there. And maybe Parker's, and you know, Parker's. Yeah. Parker's and, and Sixpence have always been there, yes. yeah. And we sat in that square and we thought, we've made a horrible mistake. Like, we're going to be repaying our parents for the rest of our lives. Like, we're going to, we've made a terrible decision. How did you come to Savannah? Like, okay, was, so was that the plan? This that's is the cool part. That's the cool part. Okay. And that's where the Chamber of Commerce comes in. Oh, for well. real. Okay. Like, for real. So me and this guy, 
we're both in this show in Branson, Missouri, and we're like, hey, we should open up our own theater company. So we're like, but Branson has like all these theaters, like a hundred theaters. There's all this competition, other people that do shows. And so we're like, we need to go somewhere where there's not like so much, so much competition. So we started kind of looking around the country. Where are we going to go? We looked at, we went to Colorado, like Breckenridge and all these places that maybe have like a lot of tourism in the daytime, but at nighttime, maybe there's not and never felt right. Never felt right. But while we were in Colorado staying with my college roommate, his wife was from Atlanta and she said, have you ever heard of Savannah, Georgia? And I was like, Oh, I mean, I've heard of it. But um, I was like, no, I've never been there. And I just remember her saying that, but then we got back from that trip and another friend of mine, said, how was, you know, how was Colorado? I was like, no, it didn't really work out. And he's like, you know, my parents just moved to this place called Tybee Island. It's near Savannah, Georgia. Have you ever heard of Savannah, Georgia? And I was like, wow, so two people and like within a matter of a couple of days said something about Savannah, Georgia. So we called, I, I dialed up, I got on AOL and I dialed up <laughs> and <laughs> this is like 2000. <laughs> and it was like, and it took forever. And I just typed in like, you know, search, you know, Savannah, Georgia. I think the top thing in the search engine on AOL in 2000 was, of course, the Savannah Chamber of Commerce. Oh my gosh, that website! Yeah, I can, can you imagine back then? Can you imagine? Oh, so you like. saw? Okay, <laughs> oh, it God, was. Yeah. yeah, it took like maybe 10 minutes to load, and then I finally <laughs> got a phone number, and so I was like, I'm just gonna call Savannah, Georgia. I'm calling Savannah, Georgia, right now, and I'm yeah. gonna tell them what we're doing. We have these big plans. We were looking for a warehouse that we could convert to a theater and do our little show. So I call this lady answers, you know, hello, Savannah Chamber of Commerce, may I help you? And I'm like, yeah, we're wanting to come to Savannah. We want to open a show. We're show people. <laughs> so like, like we want to open a theater. And she's like, like a theater? Like you? I was like, yeah, it's like a theater experience. We want to do a show. She's like, that's so funny that you're calling today. And I was like, why? She's like, the front page of the Savannah Morning News this morning is that the old historic Savannah theater is for sale. Uh -uh. And I was like, the day that I called, this is someone at the chamber telling me this. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, no, we don't, we can't afford a theater. Like we're looking for like a something we could turn into a theater. She's like, well, I don't know. It's, it says it's been in disrepair and the community theater that's been, you know, running it is, had, is forced to have to sell it. So we're like, how weird. So we kind of started thinking, how can, could we actually make it work in a theater? Like instead of turning a warehouse, we, I mean, obviously, we didn't even know at the time that it's the oldest theater in America. It's on Chippewa Square or Forrest Gump. Was, I mean, all this mm -hmm. stuff. We had no idea. I, we'd never even really been to Savannah yet, so we had no idea. And that just kind of started this whole year-long process of getting the Savannah Theater, which it was all because the Chamber of Commerce. Built in 1818 by William J., who also did the Telfair and the Owens Thomas House. Um, and it was the arguably the oldest theater in the country. There's, a, there's one in Philadelphia and one in Charleston that also say they're the oldest. Um, they all have their various reasons for why. I think, and I think the one in Philadelphia is technically the oldest, but it didn't have a roof over it. And it was more equestrian acts and stuff going on there. And so then after the Savannah Theater was built, then they finally put a roof on it. And then, they, and, but it's, all, it's always been there in that same spot, the Walnut Street Theater, very old, makes probably most sense. Uh, the Dock Street Theater in Charleston um, was built before the Savannah Theater, but after one of its fires, they relocated to another, like two blocks away or something like that. So they're not in the same location. So the Savannah Theater was built in 1818. It's always been a theater on that spot. So it's the longest 
oldest continually operating theater on its original site. Um, now it's been through several fires. I don't remember the exact years. It's been for two two really devastating fires, and it was always kind of rebuilt, and it's always been a theater. Um, the in 1949, right 1950, it was the most the most recent look. Um, after a devastating fire, it was, looks now more like an Art Deco movie theater, like a single screen movie theater. But uh, the original 1818 brick structure is still there. Uh, they just kind of put a facade and stuff around it. So inside, when you're backstage, all that brick is the you know, original 1818. Um, and then it was a movie theater from 1950 till about 1979, when all the single screen theaters started going out of business because multi screen theaters were going on and savannah was kind of rough downtown anyways uh community theater the little theater company took over it and converted it back to a stage theater and they operated it till the 90s and the savannah theater company another community theater took it over and they operated it till about 2000 so it's been a it was a community theater from 1980 to 2000 and then we came in and renovated it uh, in 2002 and been doing our thing since then was it really difficult actually getting the theater was it it seemed once you realized like yeah the condition of it it was kind of like okay we could actually do this or yeah because we actually renovated it in 90 days we didn't have a lot of money and so we whatever we were going to do to it we had to get it ready or we we're going to run out of money like we got to start being able to bring in money and or we, we would never make we it we didn't so. even and mind you i'm from wisconsin we started in May and we renovated through August and they would not let us turn on the air conditioning because they were like, we don't have money to um, yeah. run the air conditioning. First of all, the air conditioning didn't really work that well. And right. second, it's real expensive. So I yeah. saw the video that you guys posted on your Facebook. That was oh, amazing. I didn't yeah. know that you like renovated with your own hand. Like it wasn't a team. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't an like outsourced situation. Skilled, like, yeah, like You're like rehearsing your lines as you're painting yeah, yeah. like or whatever you know what i mean like that's to build that proscenium and I, put right. in all the seats and and I, what's amazing is now the proscenium i mean it in in a good way looks like it's been there forever you know what right. i mean like it looks so natural to the time period we and tried to make it seem is. like yeah because the theater actually being built in 1818 uh, but it's been through several fires when it was last rebuilt as a single screen movie theater in 1950 so it's kind of got an art deco thing and it's kind of but it's got the history of the 1800s, so we tried to kind of give it more of that vaudeville mm -hmm. kind of look with the little chase lights, you know, that go around mm -hmm. and all that. So, uh, but you're right; it does. It kind of seems like it, it's maybe been there like that forever. I mean, it's it's amazing. I love that theater; it's really oh, cool. But yeah, but I can't believe you guys did it yourself. That's, yeah, I, that was, I still can't get over that. I think we were so young and dumb. Like looking back on it, we had nothing to lose. Like now, it's like there's no way I'd risk something. Like that. <laughs> it was like, what are we doing? I don't know why. We thought that would work, but. And when you started it, did, did you imagine that it would, would you think, oh, we'll, we'll try this for five or 10 years and then maybe we'll sell or we'll move or whatever. Or... Isn't that weird? I remember after opening night, I was like, oh, wait, we got to do this again tomorrow night. And the next night I was like, what? We hadn't, we didn't really look past that. Like we got open. I was like, wait, okay. So it worked and people came and now we're doing this six nights a week. We started out doing it six performances a week. And it was like, how, what if people stop coming or, and it just kind of kept going. And then it was like, we did that same show for a year and a half, like the same show six nights a week, and we're able to get enough. And then we're like, all right, maybe we need to, so, you know, we came here with new, knowing the tourism was great, but we what we didn't realize is that it was also gonna take like this local community to kind of also help that. 
and meaning, you know, like an hour radius of here, people who like to come to Savannah for the weekends and kind of do stuff. And so we realized we better switch the show up and not do the same thing forever because these people have now seen it six times and they need to see something different. So Right. I remember feeling we were so focused, like that adrenaline of just getting it up and ready and open and then realizing, oh, thank God, like people actually came and then it was like maybe a month in and people were like, what's, so what's next? And we were like, like oh. oh. <laughs> Not that, I mean, I would love as an actor to do a, a season and a lot of different things, but I think it was a shift in our thinking right off the bat. Yeah. Like the that after that to first run the same year. Show. Like it is in Branson, Missouri or New York. It's like those shows just run for years and we weren't really thinking about starting like a repertory theater that's no. gonna do. right. Lots of stuff, it just kind of turned into that. Right, right. We're thinking like Esther's Follies or Beach Blanket Babylon. Like it's just there and it's just, and you make mm -hmm. changes to the show, but like it's just kind yeah. of the thing people go do. Mm -hmm. And then people are like, that was great. I saw it twice. What's next? And now you've got a whole repertoire. I mean, how many different shows have you done? Do you know? Oh Matt numbers? might know. I don't know how many different, but I was calculating that we have done over 4,500 performances on that stage, like me and Michelle. <laughs> so, That's uh, a lot. so I was like, wow, yeah. I mean, it's been 19 years of basically five or six nights a week with a you know, few weeks where we'll take off. But yeah, um, yeah, I, gosh, I don't know. I'd have to, we've done, man, lots. <laughs> so other than like the forced, forced hiatus of the pi pandemic, you've never like, Never. Taking a taking a break or anything. I mean, other Usually than like take, a week or two. Yeah, here or there, a week or but... two at the beginning of January because it yeah. slows down. Mm -hmm. Even August. What's funny is we've kind of turned the months that were our slow months because tourism just kind of everywhere slows down. August, mm -hmm. uh, January, February. We turn those into when we do these book shows for like three weeks, and that's when locals would we could kind of rely on locals to come back out. But um, now the tourism doesn't, it doesn't slow down as near as much as it used to. Like 20 years ago, there was like the obvious dead times. Now Savannah's just kind of always doing well. Right, right. A lot of the hospitality partners will notice like a teeny tiny downtick in August. Like, oh, it's slowing down. And we're like, it's okay. We're going to be okay. Right. It's okay. Like, yeah. Right. Remember, it's about to be really good again. Right. Now, I think the one thing that was different for us that we kind of figured out is a lot of people weren't doing much for Christmas here in savannah it didn't seem like and that seemed to be kind of a slow time for some people but that ended up being like our busiest time because we just had this christmas show that we had opened on thanksgiving night and run all the way till christmas eve and uh called it a christmas tradition and it's kind of become a tradition for a lot of people mm -hmm. um i think a lot more people are doing christmas stuff you know recently but when we first got here there wasn't a whole lot going on at christmas time mm -hmm. are you bringing it back again this year we are. Of course. I mean, yeah. I know people that are like, I've been going every year since I was like born, you know? Yeah. It, it's it's really cool. It is. It's tough to know when to like, because we think, oh, we've been doing this bit in the show for so long. Like, we'll take it out because we want to replace it with something new. And then people are like, oh, you're not doing the, the reindeer thing. or mm -hmm. You're not doing the. Yeah. Why'd you take the chipmunks out? Or yeah. why'd you? Yeah. It's like, oh, we thought, yeah, we're tired of seeing that. <laughs> so it's like, no. So we put it back in. It's hard to know when to add new stuff or when to just to stay with kind of what we've been doing. Well, I think that's kind of like the excitement too for the audience, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then for it, you'd be like, oh, we're doing it next week. Come back again and get another right. ticket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll be here. <laughs> yeah. 
for the listeners that don't know, because they don't know a whole lot about me personally, but I'm a retired ballet dancer, and we did shows last year to to whenever that was, 2019. Um, so that's how I know you guys like personally and everything, which is really cool. But like I was thinking about this when I was getting ready for this interview, like being in ballet, like in the small companies that I worked in and stuff, like you most of the time are rehearsing for like months, and then you do like one weekend of shows. And so it's all just packed into like, two or three days, like maybe three or four shows, maybe five. And there's just a lot of pressure to like get it right, like just that one weekend. But when I did shows with you guys, it was so different because now here we had like, oh, we're doing 13 shows or we're doing 15 shows of this right. or that. And I was like, wow, I have so many more chances to like do it better. That's so funny. You're right. I mean, the shows that you've done, it's like we did kind of a lot mm-hmm. and we didn't rehearse very much. It was like we kind of, we well, did. I mean, we did. <laughs> But we couldn't really afford to like be shut down. You know, obviously the building is so expensive. I mean, we're we're just still a small company. I think people see the big theater and they must assume, oh, they have all this money and all that. It's like, no, we really don't. It's, and it's a really expensive building. So it's like, we can't ever afford to like be shut down. So like normally we can only rehearse for like, you know, a week or two. And that's mm-hmm. why we have to bring in people that are really good and can kind of pick it up mm-hmm. quick, like retired ballet. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. It was scary, but it was fun. It was August. Uh, It was. Wasn't it? It It was. was Yeah, when we did nine to five in August. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember we, I think we started at the end of July and we opened like August 11th or something like that and performed all of August. Yeah. I remember being hella hot during that. It was really hot. Yeah. It was really fun though. I mean, I had never done a musical, so, which was like a whole new challenge that I didn't expect. Yeah. And you guys were so great and so welcoming and made me feel so. You were awesome. So that's the home. thing about Savannah <laughs> is that we're we're fortunate. We do bring in some people to play some of the roles, but Savannah's got just so much talent. There's people that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, like the person working at Visit Savannah is a ballet dancer. It's like, well, mm-hmm. all right, great. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. you know, Lauren, who's also at Visit Savannah, yeah. you know, is a musical theater and, and mm-hmm. got a beautiful voice. It's like, all right. So we are able to fill out the shows with, you know, with really good people that have experience. Incredible people, yeah. yeah. So it's, we're very fortunate for that. Yeah, and I think y'all have really, you're doing it right because I mean, I hate to say it, but even for as strong of an arts community as Savannah has, it surprises me that performing arts aren't more prevalent and it just seems like it's more of a struggle for more companies than not, like not, you know? Yeah, Um, it is. Which is really sad and I I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to fix that, but you know, with, the music festivals that struggle and the Philharmonic and the ballet company and like all that stuff. I just, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, and for, yeah, for us, we had to figure out a formula that because all those things that you're mentioning just take a lot of money to to Mm -hmm. pull off. And so we don't ever try and make it about the money. Like we're not putting money in our pockets by any means, but we have to do enough performances to be able to keep it going because just the taxes and and utilities and insurance and you know on, and we have 30 employees i mean it's just it's a it's a full business so it's like you have to treat it like a business mm-hmm. and 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 not you know that's the most theaters like you said or or shows it's like they would be off for months and they'd be rehearsing and then they only do a few performances and it's hard to generate enough income in that formula to right. make it kind of last and so we had to kind of go, we've got to be like a Broadway schedule where we're doing it like six nights a week and just hope that we can get enough people mm-hmm. in here mm-hmm. to kind of keep the doors open. Um, well, and then artistically, that's also the reason, you know, I'm sure from the outside, someone might think, oh, they're, they're 
Branson people, which I'm not, but <laughs> they love to do Mamma Mia three times. No, I, I would love to do the last five years, but you know who comes to see, you know, the last five years? Not as many people who come to see Mamma Mia mm-hmm. or Elf or, you know. Yeah. yeah, so we have to do that a, a few times a year. You have to do shows like that that will get you by for the next few months. And those name. shows are fun. It's not oh, like yeah, those shows blessed. aren't fun, mm-hmm. but like you can't, you know, you can't just do all shows just for art's sake or unless you have a lot of funding, you know, and oh, grants and, and people mm-hmm. donating a lot of money because, and we don't, it's hard to find that, especially mm-hmm. right now. So I think a lot of these other organizations kind of struggle. If you have to rely on people, you know, giving you money to make mm-hmm. it work, it's tough right now. Yeah, you gotta um, give the people what they want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So speaking to like the creative challenges of it too, I mean, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, but without giving away all the trade secrets, um, you know, the audience members, like, I don't think they realize that you're on stage, like singing this power ballad and then you go off stage and like in two hours, you're going to be closing up the theater and like cutting the checks for the staff. And then tomorrow morning you're coming in and like cleaning the box office and like managing the, the programs and like doing literally everything you know, that people right. probably think there's like a huge staff that like does all this stuff yeah. or you outsource it or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of the yeah. biggest misconception. It goes right along with that, all that stuff. It's like, we can't afford to like, just have all these people doing all that stuff for us. It's like, we, we have to do it ourselves mm-hmm. in order to kind of make it all work. And thankfully, like we enjoy all that stuff. Like we were just performers when we started the business and we had to kind of learn you know, Michelle's like, oh, wait, I'm the accountant now. Oh, OK, <laughs> it's like, I better learn how to be an accountant. then. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and cleaning or painting like we're, I'm been painting the women's restroom the last two days. Like, yeah, no one else is going to do that for us. And if so, it's going to cost us a lot of money. So it's like we got to get in there and do it mm-hmm. um, ourselves. And that it's been neat to kind of learn, at least for me, to kind of learn all the, the other things that go along with running a business, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we we're kind of forced to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, I had a moment when we were reopening sister act and I was trying to kind of balance the costuming and props and pay payroll and, and all of that. And I had a moment where I was like, I said to myself as I'm making my bed, I was like, if you wear, I had dropped the ball on something like someone didn't get what they needed. I was like, if you wear a lot of hats, you're going to look bad in all of them. I said it out loud to myself. And then my, she's, my she's friend was like, my friend was like, no, no, you're just not, you'll, you'll look great in some of them and some of them you'll just you know, yeah. get by. During the show, it's like, it's chaotic backstage. Oh my yeah. gosh. It is so chaotic. <laughs> and like that theater, the way it's designed most recently as a, it was rebuilt as a movie theater in 1950. It wasn't thought, you know, for stage. There's not a lot of wing space. There's not like mm-hmm. great dressing rooms like a mm-hmm. lot of these historic theaters have. So like, yeah, when you when someone's sitting in the audience and they're seeing the magic of the lights and hearing the sound and all this choreography and then the, they don't know when people exit that stage, it is just crazy back there. I mean, it's like there's people changing and costumes flying all over the place mm-hmm. and cast members also moving set pieces just to get by and around to the other side of the stage. I mean, it's... <sighs> It's yeah. always funny when I take people backstage and like, this is what it looks like. I was like, oh yeah, it's not near as glamorous <laughs> as you think it is. Yes. Yeah, 
but I mean, it works. I it mean, works. But it yeah, kind of makes it fun. Think about that hallway back there, and just like there's like seats like right on the other side, <laughs> they have and no here we idea. are on like rollerblades, like going down the hall or something. And I'm like, people have no idea this totally. is happening. It's yes. really like running down the hallway in their underwear to get their next <laughs> yeah. costume or something. Yes, yes. And I've also said recently, like it's not for everyone. Like that can be very overwhelming and stressful, and not yeah. a great place for everybody. But mm-hmm. other people like us, we're just like. This is magical. We gotta make it work. I mean, it's, it's it's its own like special. I feel like the backstage space there specifically is like a safe space. You know, yeah. like in the women's side of the re- dressing room. You know, just, we just have the little curtain, it's but curtain. It, somehow it feels like we're in a soundproof room right now. Right. We can say whatever we want. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's, it's funny when we bring in some of these people, you know, who have done Broadway and done this stuff, and they're used to, like, it's like we we have to bring people in that definitely don't have an ego because it's like when you walk in and realize oh okay so this is my changing area you know but we got to go out there and we're going to make it seem like broadway to the audience but it's like we don't have the facilities you know like backstage that there a lot of people are probably used to so and for the for the most part they've been no that's what i mean that's been amazing that's like we've been very fortunate like we we, we, there's no room for egos in that tiny dressing room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just no room. We're, we're packed out. So I think that's part of the magic, though. I yeah. mean, doing this really great, high-quality show, you know, with with what you have, like, historically and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of a reflection of, like, Savannah as a whole. Like, you know, we're not perfect, and we have, you know, things about the city that aren't great, and we're kind of old, and some people right. would say we're a little crusty or whatever. But, but like... It's got this magic still that people like identify yeah. with. I think the theater like perfectly like reflects that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great that you look at it on the outside. You might have to if you if you dig and find yeah, you're gonna you're gonna find some stuff that's not great or perfect like you're saying. But I think everyone that's that's part of the charm of what Savannah is. Yeah. And the theater really has been has been there for two hundred years and it's been the place. It was the theater, you know, mm-hmm. that everyone went to for this. So like the magic just kinda happens. Yeah. I think for me, it was just really like getting to perform there and stuff just as like, I mean, thinking about the history of it, like really, like how many people's feet have like stepped foot on that stage that are like huge names Mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry. And that's like alone. It's just like, I mean, hats off to you guys, because like every night you get to do that and like continue that legacy, you know, it is kind of it's kind of weird to think about, Mm -hmm. you know, in some of those you know WC fields and. Oscar Wilde and some of these people that perform there and Mm -hmm. it's like wow I think about it especially with the backstage pass through from stage left to right um, because as you know it's like a foot wide Mm -hmm. and sometimes two people have to get by and like it's the elbow catcher Mm -hmm. you know like there's that little ledge of brick and I mean that is original that's 1818 that has been there through all the fires and so people just be like the brick it got me and i'm like 1818 like, got me. that's yeah. a scratch from from the 1818 john wilkes booth mm-hmm. scratched his elbow right there too sharing some skin <laughs> sorry about great. it yeah but yeah it, it, it's really special yeah. yeah so i try not to take that for granted right it and is cool. i think another thing too that's that's really cool that i admire about about you guys is just like beyond the the world of the theater but just like like raising your family basically and stuff like in that theater i mean like i've seen i've seen you guys like help your kids with homework and then like run out on stage to a scene (laughs) or whatever like you know i just i can't i can't get over that you know it's just being able to switch gears so quickly all the time is just super cool yeah so funny thing about our kids um can i I tell Mm -hmm. them this okay so so (laughs) i get the uh 
I get the like Google alerts anytime someone leaves a review, you know, like on Google for the theater. And it's like, so I just, my phone lit up literally during Sister Act the other night. I was like, oh, was, oh, someone left a review like during the show. I was like, oh, wow. And like, we've been very fortunate. Like we don't, we don't ask for people to leave reviews or like pass out cards. Like, hey, leave reviews. And we've been very fortunate that the theaters got, you know, rated as five stars and TripAdvisor's all five stars. And I was like, man, that's really great. Like, like we, that means people are really enjoying themselves. And, and this one was two stars. Like it didn't tell me, it didn't tell me the thing. It said two stars. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, so I, in the show, I'm in character. I have a fake mustache on. <laughs> you just picture the whole thing. And it's like, oh gosh, I wish I knew it verbatim. It was like, wonderful the, the, show. The show was great, but I, I wish they wouldn't, have, I would enjoy it more if there wasn't like six grade school kids sitting in the row in front of me making noise. I wish these parents would get babysitters instead of thinking the theater. And it was our kids. Like Mike, <laughs> our kids were sitting on the front row over on the side because we didn't have a babysitter that night. And so another cast member, Sheila, her kids were there and our kids were all sitting on the front row. I was like, oh my gosh, we just got a two star review because our kids were distracting somebody. I was like, baby, we can't do this anymore. It was... They yes, they don't like, in Sister Act, they do not like when Sean Christopher is, yeah. is violent and scary. And so every time that would happen, they yeah. had to go to the bathroom. They get up. Okay. And anyway, I think Matt emailed the people apologizing, like, offered oh, him some gift I didn't mention it was our kids, so if you're listening. Oh, that was going to be my question. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, those I'm are our kids. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it was, was just really funny. Let us know I was like, if you know a babysitter. Yeah. Like, it was mortifying. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. I was like, oh my gosh, we got a two-star review finally, and it's because of our children. Uh, uh, but no, our children are there, and they think of that place as like a giant playground. Now, not normally during a show like that, mm -hmm. but um, it's they it's pretty cool to see them running around. And they've been in the Christmas shows mm -hmm. and been little elves or whatever, and our son was even in that 50s show we did. And so it's pretty cool to have mm -hmm. them perform up there with us or just to be there, like you said, backstage and doing their homework, mm -hmm. like, all right, if they got to come to work with us sometimes. And, yeah. So I think it's cool. I mean, I would keep them out of trouble at least. Yeah. You know, they're not anywhere yeah. else. So. Our 12 year old, well, he's not old enough yet, but he keeps asking. He wants to be an usher. He wants to say, like, can I get a job? And I want to, want to, want to be an usher. So one day here he can come to work and actually seat people. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I don't think that people always realize too how much of like a family affair it is with everybody. It's like your dad's involved and, the Zollers and the, and the yeah. Selzers like before I mean before everything changed really before COVID and stuff but even like behind the scenes with like April and stuff and having Jen involved and just all these people that have been there for a long time like through generations of their family and just you know it's definitely been a big it's like a big theater family it yeah. really is mm -hmm. um, and I think everyone you either love theater or you, you have it in your blood or not like no one's doing it to like get rich it's you know it's the wrong <laughs> profession and i mean you can maybe move to new york or whatever but even that it's it's a lot harder than it seems but and here it's like people just love that building they love the product they love the the people and we've been really fortunate to have like danielle our saxophone player i mean she's been in the show since 2003 i think or 2004 i mean she's been like the fact that we've had the same band and same yeah crew and all that for that long mm -hmm. is really cool Right. And then rather than put her like on furlough when we do sister act, we're like, would you like to be in it? And she's un playing a nun right now. And she's amazing. 
Love Danielle. And shout out to Danielle. Her she's yeah. listening. Shout out to Danielle. <laughs> she named herself Sister Mary Mariah Carey because <laughs> her sister did not have a name. So. Well, and I think it's fun too for the people that come to the show, like returning, you know, they see her and they're like, what? That's the saxophonist yes. from like, right. you know, the regular show. And now she's a nun or she's an elf or she's this or that. Like, it's just, yeah. I, it's got to be fun for the audience to see everybody change characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I think, I mean, I certainly think it's fun. I think so. Yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. So even I, when I went to Trailer Park and I was like dying at you guys being the cast in that, you know, it's just hilarious. That show was so ridiculous. That show was, was awesome. So, was, was I was really like, funny. I was like peeing laughing the whole time. <laughs> it was so funny. And that one was a little different than our normal shows, you know. Yeah. It was actually kind of funny because we actually had to put it like a disclaimer, like because it's a little bit more adult mm-hmm. uh, humor. And we were like a little nervous because most of our shows have been you know, pretty clean and family friendly and everything. And then we'd put that disclaimer and all of a sudden it like sold out. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, we, we, get, we do better if we have a disclaimer saying mm-hmm. that there's going to be more adult content in this. So maybe you're onto something. There's a whole other audience right? out there. Yeah. Right. yeah. You guys think you'll like keep bringing any other shows in that'll like push the envelope a little bit or? I think it's good to for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise you just kind of have your one audience. It's like that building needs to be, you know, a place of entertainment for for everyone not mm-hmm. just one select audience so mm-hmm. it's like we need to definitely and we've thought we've thought about that even just for the younger audience savannah's got a younger vibe and younger audience every year it feels like mm-hmm. you know and it's a cool it's a it, the kind of person coming to savannah is kind of a cool person and i was like well we got to make sure our shows are cool you know it's like we got to make sure that we're doing stuff that is is right for who's coming here to town mm-hmm. uh, not that normal people who come to our shows aren't cool i just mean we've got to we've got to make sure that we're not just isolating you know a certain demographic and Mm -hmm. make sure that we're doing shows for everyone do you guys have any advice for young aspiring performing artists if they're struggling with what is what path should i go or what is right or not right for me or anything i'd say become a doctor (laughs) i'm kidding kidding. (laughs) just kidding (laughs) uh no i don't know do you i would not say that um, I think just do the next thing. I mean, I think this business that's, is so weird. That's right, yeah. Uh, there's a girl staying with us right now that's a friend of our nieces from back in Texas, and we uh, she just graduated college, and we say, hey, why don't you come out and be in the show? She's, she's staying with us, and she's in that, you know, she's like 21, 22, and she's trying to figure out what is the next thing, you know, whether it be as performing or business, and it's like, I was just ch- telling her the other day, I was like, just do whatever's next. Like I, right now, I think when you're young, you feel like oh, I've got to do this right now. It's like, I'm, it's like, there's so much more time than you realize. Like just the next thing's going to lead and a, and a door is going to get open. So if you get cast in a show, go do it. You know, if you need to go work somewhere and you want to, you want to make it in New York, then move to New York and, and audition, you know, eventually it, it, something's going to happen. Or, you know, I just, I just wouldn't panic. You know, I think there's so much more time than people realize. I think when they're young, they're worried. Like I have friends that are out doing this or they're, and I'm not. And it's like, yeah, but everyone's path is completely different. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I got a degree in psychology and had never sung a note in my life until I was 25 years old. Really? So, yeah. I didn't know my that. parents had, my, my parents are in this business. Like they've been doing it my whole life. I did TV and film stuff growing up, but I was never on stage and never wanted to be. I never wanted to do what my parents did for a living. And then I started out working backstage at a show in Branson, Missouri, you know, pulling curtains and all that. 
And then I was like, oh man, I started singing around backstage and I was like, hey, you have a decent voice. And, so, and then I had to audition. I mean, I was just like, I didn't know. I got a degree in psychology and you know, it's like, what a waste. But it was, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And so it's like, I think everyone's path is completely different. And Michelle's, you know, studied and has training and you know, everyone's, you know, if you want to do it, just do it and whatever job you get, take it and it'll probably lead to the next thing. The cool thing is when you're coming through Chippewa Square, especially kind of in the evening time or at night, you know, this huge neon marquee that just says Savannah, you know, you see through the trees, you know, you see through all the moss and these oak trees coming through Chippewa Square. And so you're, you're walking towards it and, you know, it's this just radiating, you know, energy. And you open the doors. Actually, before you even get to the doors, you can already smell the popcorn because we've got it going nonstop. You walk in, got a box office to the right. Their tickets are waiting on you. You go grab your soda, your beer, your popcorn. Uh, at the theater, we call wine, wine and popcorns our combo. You get oh, them alone. It's popcorn. a magic combo. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you open the doors. You're greeted by ushers who you know take you to your seats. You know the auditorium. We have these historic, uh, you know, red chairs that are in there. Um, you know, this velvet red curtain uh, with the chase bulbs, you know, illuminating it. It's a really cool, really cool feeling. Uh, and you sit down, um, just waiting for the show to start. It's a, it's it's really really a neat a neat vibe. Unlike what I was saying, it felt like in 2002. Like when you're in Chippewa Square, like you just feel. The we feel really like at the center of so many things. Mm -hmm. Like there's yeah. so much going on it's the in a good square. way. Mm -hmm. It's the most center um, square. It just feels really full of life and wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's a very electric square. There's a lot happening there. Yeah, yeah. Which has been cool because over the years we've been there, you know, it's just changed so much. It wasn't a whole lot going on there. The coffee shop, you know, there's all this stuff there. There's someone out there playing violin or something in the square. It's just really, it's a neat place to be. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Savannah, Georgia, Anything But Ordinary. This podcast has been brought to you by Visit Savannah, the official destination marketing organization for Savannah, Georgia and the surrounding area, produced by Tyler Edick and hosted by Shannon Lowry. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite listening platform, follow us on social media at Visit Savannah, and learn more at visitsavannah.com.